0: Welcome, everybody. Joe Tarnowski with ECRM. And I wanted to thank you for joining us. My guest today is Sean Georges, who's the co-author, along with John Buford, of Your Leadership Journey, Becoming an Authentic Servant Leader, which comes out in April. But I've had the privilege of reading the manuscript (laughs) in advance And I have to tell you personally, it's an amazing book. It's something I would recommend to anybody in a leadership position. And as you're going to learn in this interview, that's not limited to just those with leadership titles. Everybody's in a leadership position in some way, shape or form. So we're going to do this in four parts. Uh, Each interview is going to touch on a different leadership topic, and we're going to release these every other month until April when the book comes out. So with that, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. And to start off, can you give us a little background on you and uh, your consultancy and why you wrote the book?
1: Joe, honored and humbled. Thank you for, uh, for letting me in, slip past security, so here I am. Uh, <laughs> listen... Uh, This has uh, uh, sort of like our our book title, which, by the way, has morphed since uh, you got Ah. an advanced copy. Uh, We are working with our publisher, Greenleaf Publishing Group, and we've come to uh, a little bit of a twist on that. Uh, The new working title is On Mission, Your Journey to Authentic Leadership, which kind of encapsulates some really important points. Uh, a little little bit about me uh, uh, and remember this is a product of a uh, probably a 15year uh, allegiance between a very good friend of mine dr. John Buford uh, who's also a former marine officer and myself so this book is a product of our of both our experiences and our, our work over the past uh, uh many years. So uh, if it is a success, uh, and, and by success, are we helping people develop their ability to lead in their life? Uh, that will be the measure. Uh, then it will be a joint effort, no question. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a Midwestern uh, product of Indiana and, and Illinois. Uh, John and I, John Buford and I first met when we, my family moved to a tiny little town in Illinois uh, when I was in third grade. And I saw this extraordinary kid aclos- across the classroom and I thought, oh, I, w- I want to be his friend. I want to be like that when I grow up. But uh, since then, since third grade, we've uh, been best buddies and played high school football together in this small town in Illinois and we both went off to college, and then we end up at the basic school, Quantico, Virginia, uh, at about the same time, going through officer uh, training as a Marine. Uh, certainly a shaping experience, so you've got all of this common uh, experience. From there, our, our, our journeys uh, went in some different directions. John became a, an infantry officer, and uh, I ultimately became a judge advocate, got picked up for the law program. Marine Corps uh, thought I needed some more polishing so after I left the Naval Academy, which is uh, uh, where I went to, to undergrad, uh, the Marine Corps then sent me to law school, University of Illinois Law, uh, was a JAG for the next approximately 10 years, uh, trial counsel, prosecutor, criminal defense, operational law, law of war stuff, got to see the world and do exciting things. I'll never forget being on a ship. Uh, in Singapore as the JAG for a three-ship task force. And I'm thinking, boy, I am a long way from southern Indiana. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, the journey continued. I left the the Marine Corps voluntarily, I'd like to, to say, just for the record, uh, honorable discharge, but I, I left the Marine Corps uh, well before 9-11, and uh, entered private practice in in Indiana, Uh, came back home where I thought I knew the language. And if I failed, maybe uh, I could move into my dad's basement just up the road. Uh, And then I came in-house to a publicly traded company uh, and helped to lead, was general counsel and uh, senior vice president of human resources for 22 years, retired last week. So, Marines Like Missions, Uh, this is my next mission uh, with a company that we've put together on mission leadership. So uh, that kind of brings you up up to, to date on what I've been through along the way.
0: And and you're when uh, you were in uh, public life, uh, it was at yes. a retailer,
1: right? Yes, correct. That's right. Yeah, retail company that uh, grew the old-fashioned way, brick and mortar, store by store. And you know we're putting the the buyers together with the manufacturers. We're doing all of that that hard. Tough stuff you can to you know manage the inventory and get out there and interact with uh, with our customer. I mean, it is retail one hundred and one, which I knew zero about when I got there, and I let them know hadn't sold a thing in my life, had only served, and uh, so it's been an adventure, and the company has been very successful. Uh, got about uh, 5,000 employees, 400 retail locations, but going through the shift in, uh, in retail, uh, that is happening all over
0: the globe. Definitely. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, the book, Why, yes. what, what led to you wow. uh, writing the book with John?
1: Great question. Um, uh, it was, the book came about because of conversations that we had over the years after, largely after we had both left the Marine Corps. Uh, The funny thing about what happens in the Marines is that leadership and and being a leader and leading well, leading authentically becomes, I mean, there is not a day that goes by that there isn't discussion and attention paid to that. So leadership was central to who John and I uh, just are. Uh, and, and how we were going to move into this new civilian world from the military. So just a lot of, a lot of communication about that. And we, we started to, uh, to put our thoughts down, you know, went from sort of email, what about this idea, that idea, trading and trading ideas and, and sort of realizing that we had a a very similar, a, a very, uh, we, we agreed on the core concepts. We also agreed that there is, when we looked around us out there in the, in the civilian world, we, we, we noticed that, you know, outside of the military and a few other organizations that are really embracing a a responsibility to develop leadership in, in others, nobody was doing this. So we thought, hey, let's get our thoughts together. Maybe we've got something to offer on the leadership front about what leadership is and uh, what it isn't and how you become a leader. You know, Joe, one one of the key things every military member has to do when they make that transition to the civilian world is figure out who they are, and and what the mission is in this new set of circumstances. So for John and I, since being a leader, leading was so central to who we were as military officers. Now becoming a civilian, doing whatever you're doing, uh, was really it was really important for us to figure that out. How do you lead without a uniform, without rank? Uh, different mission in this new world. So uh, the book sort of just came together of necessity as an exploration for us, and and also maybe as an opportunity to uh, share some wisdom with others.
0: Excellent. So, well, let's get into the topic itself. What is a leader? What is leadership? Oh, that's, uh, you know, that's, you ask,
1: 5,000 people, you, you will get 5,000 mm-hmm. answers. Uh, but I, but I think there are some core, there's some, some core, uh, really there's a heart to this thing and leading is, is about influencing another human being in the direction of a shared mission. Uh, and you do that through who you are and what you do. You do that you influence another person in in a in a very authentic way through your values and your 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 outlook on life, your beliefs through the prism you view the view the world, uh, and your actions, your behavior, how you interact. John and I are uh, through experience and study and all of the things over all of the years are convinced that leadership impact, we, we impact others through a relationship uh, that you've got to get into the, uh, how you relate to and engage with the members of your team. The members of your family, whatever whatever that team, we use the term team, uh, keeping it small, because I think really that's how we interact, whether it's one person uh, or a complex team, you interact with individuals who are on a team, and your role is to serve them in the direction of a shared mission, through your relationship, through who you are, what you do. So so it's about some, some core things. And we think at the at the heart of this leadership uh, responsibility we have is you have to take on an outlook of a humble perspective of a servant. You are there to serve your teammates in the direction of the shared mission. That team or that individual is not there to serve you. You may be teammates uh, but when you get that opportunity in that moment or on a, on a longer term perspective to lead, it's about serving. And uh, so that's where servant leadership comes in as, as a real core uh, sort of perspective on leading. Again, shared mission at the top, your teammates uh, above you conceptually, and you find ways to serve them so that we, the we, the team can accomplish Something. Yes.
0: And, and you have a diagram in the book to that effect. I don't know if I, yes. I can uh, pull it up here, but it's uh, where you have the, the leaders at the bottom. Right. And then the team yes. and then the mission. And exactly. I love that diagram because it encapsulates so much. And, and it's, uh, you know, of, of what you're trying to get through as far as the servant leadership and, and the point where we're all leaders, like I alluded to in the intro. It's not just limited to title, right? right? Everybody is a leader. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. That, that's one of the things that became clear both in the, in the Marine Corps and, and in the civilian world. Uh, you know, leading, leading I, I love the idea that lead is a verb. Uh, that regardless, and it doesn't arise from or emanate from a title or a rank. You know, if that were the case, we could solve the world's problems by issuing leadership titles to everyone. Let's give everyone upon birth. Let's start early, right? Let's give them a title of vice president of something or a leader or it's, it has very little to do. Whether you are leading or not is a separate question from whether you are CEO, president, you know, you name the, the, the title uh, that someone may, may uh, obtain in life. Um, it is about something much more fundamental, much more organic, much more human and, and relational. It's about how we engage. It does not, again, separate question you've got the title, you've got the position, you have organizational authority. uh, That's fine. But are you leading? Are you serving the people around you, your teammates in accomplishing aligned with a shared mission? And so that so uh, you can back of the napkin this thing, and that's that visual. Mm-hmm. I, I I tell people that this is what uh, forty years mm-hmm. of experience and Annapolis uh, education and two law degrees uh, gets you. You can re- you can reduce it to the back of a napkin. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Again, shared mission at the top, whether it's your family, your spouse, your, uh, you know, a complex organization like ECRM, uh, you've got your shared mission, you have your teammates, and you conceptually at the bottom with humility, finding ways to serve in the direction of that shared mission. That is where the power is. That is where the ability to uh, to bring out the best in people, to develop people, to serve and support them—that's where leadership comes in. It's it's about people and it's people in alignment with mission. And when you can simplify the concept of leadership, which is often so confused, and maybe we can talk about sort of leadership versus management. When you get that right. And realize that you have responsibilities on both sides, right? We manage things, we lead people. If you can stay focused on on who you are as a leader, that's when life gets, in my view, really uh, interesting and real. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, that's our focus. We want to help people to understand who they are as a leader and what their responsibilities are in, in life.
0: Yeah I think that uh, you mentioned uh, somewhere in the book you can't you can't lead um you can't lead a KPI or you can't lead a spreadsheet you know those exactly. are things you manage but you lead people and the other thing that's interesting is it's dynamic both the leadership yes. and the mission because sure you have the corporate mission and then you have the senior leadership or you know the the, the senior leaders but then throughout the organization you'll have other people leading missions that support the main mission, but then also there may be, you know, you put together an ad hoc team absolutely that has a leader who is not officially a leader, but they're leading that project. So talk a little bit about how that, you know, that dynamic role and, and how leaders can be found everywhere.
1: Yeah, so that's a, a great point. Um, uh, it is dynamic. Organizations are dynamic. The world is dynamic. Uh, you know, we, we learned something at the basic school day one Quantico uh, Marine Corps Basic School, and there was this phrase that started popping up, and uh, leaders eat last. I love that phrase. Well, what's that all about? Well, it was literally, it is both literal and figurative. Uh, it is aspirational. Uh, and critical to leading and the Marine Corps really embraces this that uh, you take care of your people first and that you're going through the chow line you know at breakfast and uh, your team is lined up you are last in line you see to their needs their development first and then you move through if there are no pancakes left at the end I love pancakes but uh then guess what? You're 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 grabbing a, a you know a can opener and a can of peaches and and you're going to have breakfast and uh, you're building that. Your job is to serve. You're always asking yourself, what is my best and highest role in service to this person in alignment with with mission? So, one of the things to recognize the responsibility to manage things and lead people. For example, KPIs, critical management. Uh, do you have does ECRM use such things? Yes. Yes, right. Many organizations do. Uh, we have organizational goals, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then within that, nested within a complex organization, uh, you have other teams that are working on sort of subordinate goals, et cetera, that support. But Every interaction, there's usually, there is generally, so leadership comes into play when there is a, a shared mission, a, a purpose in this relationship. Uh, I can be led by my 12-year-old uh, stepson uh, as as much as i can and and so then i will will either be, try to be a good teammate for him uh, he may be driving like what we're going to do uh uh for the you know for that afternoon or or uh or there's a, or i see an opportunity to serve him and so i'm i'm going to be leading trying to influence in in some fashion but he may be influencing me it is a very dynamic environment. So, so long as you've got clarity on, on what's happening, you're serving one another, uh, you get this really interesting, and that's how the best teams work. That's how, that's how complex. So, so what, what makes up the most effective, highly functioning teams? Those are, those are peopled by, by individuals who are capable of leading at any point in time. And you uh, are humble enough to know that, listen, I can step into to be a good teammate role, or I can step into a a follower uh, type of a role. uh, And we are aligned. I can see this person's uh, is better to leave on a lead on a particular mission. They may have an insight or an energy towards uh, uh, a pati- particular aspect of our overall mission. Outstanding. I'm going to step up, be a great uh, teammate, I'm going to follow uh, in a uh, fully. Uh, but when the opportunity for me to lead then comes along, and I see a place where I can step in and and provide energy and and move us in the direction of accomplishing our mission, then I'm going to step in. Mm-hmm. A very dynamic kind of a. Those are the best teams. That is what I think every organization in the world is looking for is a leader full team with hum with people who are humble great teammates understand clarity of the the mission the vision they know what we're trying to accomplish and you get this really dynamic uh, situation that is
0: magic you yeah. do not always have to be the leader mm-hmm. be a leader so i think uh, from what you're saying it sounds like a key component of leadership right is having the humility to know that sometimes leading is letting somebody else lead because they may have the expertise that you don't. And just because you're there, you're higher up on the chain than they are. If you let them lead, that's good leadership.
1: Exactly. Here's another thing, right? So you're always asking yourself the servant leader question, which we define as follows. What is my best and highest role? what is my best and highest role in service to this person or this team in alignment with our mission? You are always asking yourself. That is always the question in, in, uh, in the central question in my mind as I'm navigating in the world, engaging with my teammates, uh, giving or, or helping another person uh, on your team find, uh, or take a leadership role, take those leadership responsibilities on could be a, a key developmental uh, opportunity. Hey, I'm going to, this is a perfect opportunity. Maybe they are best to lead. Maybe this is just a learning opportunity. I'm going to try, I'm going to serve them in a way that's going to help them to develop their leadership capabilities. So uh, there can be lots of reasons. Maybe they're a better leader on this point. Maybe you've never been to this place uh, uh, where the team finds itself. You've never dealt with an issue or they're more experienced. They've got insights. They've had a success. Uh, uh, They bring something to uh, that leadership role, then outstanding, ready to follow. It does not demean you. It does not diminish you as a as a leader or as a human being uh so seeing and finding those opportunities uh and and yeah allowing sometimes your best and highest role is to get the heck out of the way Mm -hmm. you may be in the way yeah sometimes your best and highest role may be to to ask uh try to fine-tune the question try to fine-tune the issue to go find some resources to bring back to the team. Uh, it can be so many different things. That's where uh, your judgment as a
0: leader, which you develop over the course of your, your journey, comes in. Ego has got to be a big challenge for that because if you're sharing the power, right, you're, you're giving this person a leadership role and then they really do well, your prominence gets a little diminished. But the thing is, is that's making the whole group more powerful.
1: The team. Absolutely. And, and it also is a reflection. You're absolutely right. Humility, you know, I loved uh, the, the phrase C.S. Lewis. I said something, I think said something along the lines of humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Love that. So what are you thinking of as a, as a servant leader with humility, you're thinking of your teammates more than you're thinking of your own interests. It's that leaders eat last. That's the broader issue you're seeing to their needs. You're seeing your responsibility is to their development. Your focus and energy is put not on, Hey, how am I looking you know, how do you like me so far? Uh, uh, what can I get out of this situation? Uh, the team is serving me that top down sort of, you know, I'm the, the fastest, smartest, wisest in the room. Uh, you're thinking about how can I serve them, make them faster, smarter, uh, bring out the wisdom in the room, uh, keep us aligned, continue to serve. You know, one of the, Joe, one of the things that I, as I was trying to figure out this this leadership thing after I left the Marine Corps and with that experience and figuring out what it real, what, what is authentic about leadership, I came upon this, this quote from uh, the 6th century BC uh, the, from the Tao Te Ching, uh, Chinese sort of a collection of wisdom. And one One of the things uh, i don't don't have it in front of me, but it's just a brilliant little uh, snippet of, about leadership and and leadership at its at its highest level is where the leader as leader, you know the titled leader sort of disappears from the picture. It's about the team, and the teammates the the members of the team say look at what we accomplished. Amazing. We did it by ourselves. It's so not about the leader. Mm-hmm. It's so about the team. Now, the leader is a, is a part of the team, uh, but it's about the team that accomplishes, accomplishes something in the direction of, of mission. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, a person leading is serving. And they're serving in a humble way, and and they it's it becomes the pride, the 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 uh, the effort, the what they build and accomplish together is the thing. Now, if it has to be about you and your ego, I would suggest a career in management. Uh, I <laughs> you you just can't lead from authentically from the place of me and me as a center. Uh, You have to lead from a place with your teammates as a center in alignment with mission.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, one of the things that really resonated with me was the, when you talk about the relational view of leadership versus transactional, because like using me as a personal example, Uh, In my role in creating content and and helping guide uh, us with uh, thought leadership and and social media, I don't have any direct reports. However, I am trying to get as many people involved, and it's the relationships that because they have to want to do it. I can't, quote unquote, make somebody do something. So I think it's so important. And you talk about that mutual trust that has to be there. And, and, you know, so if you could talk a little bit about that and also maybe reference your courtroom example that you have that, uh, that uh, welcome to the courtroom example that you had in the book, which is, which really drilled it home.
1: Happy happy to, yeah. You know, leadership is a very relational um, kind of a. Well, leadership is a relationship. It's a set of responsibilities that are built upon the relationship we have with the people around us. You mentioned trust. Uh, I can can go marching into a room with a bunch of people who were placed on some org chart and We've got, you know, KPIs and all of these things we're, we're trying to accomplish. And I could start ordering people around and, and, and we could be very sort of mechanical and transactional. We could have goals. We could have a bonus program. We could have incentives. We can have the threat of punishment. Uh, you know, in the Marine Corps, we had the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which was always sort of there. We've got laws and regulations uh, we we have all of these things. We can we can attempt to move people to influence people by by uh, promise of you know some incentive or bonus or by threat of 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 punishment and that's one way. What you get in that kind of a culture and that builds a culture. What you get in that kind of a culture, generally speaking, is. Mere compliance. Mere compliance. You can get people to jump and snap and hop, right? You can get them to move. But are they bringing everything they've got to the table? Are, are people uh, bringing and developing creativity to problem solving? Are they bringing, hey, I've got this other thing I can do, and, and it's aligned with our mission. I'm, I'm going to bring that to the table. and No. They're now in an environment where, okay, I want to get that bonus or I want to not get in trouble. I want to not be <laughs> called out in public and embarrassed. I do not want a beating, uh, right? So I'm, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, what's in my job description, et cetera. That is it. That is all. You're not going to get the best of a team. You are not going to create a team. You know, one of, the, one of the things that comes from viewing leadership as in, in a relational rather than transactional way, where transaction, you get paid X amount to do Y activities at a certain effort level or whatever. These are the results we want to see, a very transactional kind of approach. Or if you fail, uh, you may get demoted. Uh, you may get terminated. Uh, what It's just a very, that is, uh, that is something far different from that relational aspect where you have an opportunity to earn respect. You have an opportunity to earn trust. Uh, leaders create that environment. Authentic leaders are working at creating that environment where trust grows and, and, and increases. And you get into what I think Stephen Covey called the speed of trust, a team that has developed that trust. Man, you can finish each other's sentences. You're on mission. Everybody's bringing their best stuff. You're motivating one another. You're holding one another accountable. Those are the teams that... that it probably like ecrm from from what i've observed in uh, in your organization high trust high respect mm-hmm. accountability right across the board teammates holding one another accountable it's a whole different ball game from a, a, a org chart top down delivered model with specific assignments and just a whole different ball game you know it's it's viewing yourself not just as, hey, here is my job, but here's my responsibility to lead. Here is the welcome to the courtroom example you mentioned. So everybody has a first. This was my first contested court-martial as a Marine Corps judge advocate at Camp Pendleton. It was a fairly simple case. So by contested, that uh, that means that we don't have a plea agreement. We're gonna go in there and fight and scrap I was a prosecutor, so trial counsel. There was a defense counsel, really experienced, uh, sitting at the table uh, right next to me. There's the judge. Uh, I had a case, and I, I won't get into too many details, but... Uh, it wasn't that complex, but there were multiple witnesses. There was a lot of documentary evidence. I had to get into evidence and, and uh, I thought I had prepared fairly well. We get into court and I just started. He, the defense counsel, uh, tripped me up uh, from the beginning you know, objection, your honor, uh, lack of, uh, you know, didn't establish the, the baseline to get a, a document into evidence, just really, mm-hmm. really, you know, junior level type uh, uh, things I, I had not fully prepared uh, myself and my witnesses for. And uh, it's embarrassing to talk about, but we learn through, through uh, uh, sometimes when we fall flat on our faces. Uh, I ended up, it was a very trying, I think it was like a two-day court-martial, and it was crystal clear that I was not doing well. I did not get the conviction. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the judge releases, uh, calls the judge does what judges do. He judged, and he said, uh, uh, there is there is no conviction Uh uh, says to the defense counsel, you know, you can let your client uh, go, and I'm grabbing my stuff, trying to trying to disappear as quickly as I can. The judge says uh, uh, says, counsel, will you approach the bench? Yes, Your Honor. I get up, walk up there, and he said, uh, "Would you? How do you think it went?" And I said, "Sir, I, I don't think it went well." And he said, "You are correct." He said, "You tried to finesse some things." Uh, you've got some work to do. I recommend you get back at it. Yes, Your Honor. Walk back, grabbing my books and files, trying to get out of there. I turn around and there is a, a senior officer who was on the team. Uh, he was head of the of the trial council. In fact, the whole legal team there. And uh, he had been he had given two days of his life to be in that courtroom to watch me in my first contested trial. It wasn't necessarily his responsibility. He could have come at the very end to see what the results were and realized I had failed. And he could have you know, chastised me, embarrassed me, whatever. Instead, he asked me the same question the judge did. How do you think that went? I said, uh, I'm embarrassed and, and disappointed that did not go well. And he said he said i agree he said how are you feeling and i said it stings and he said good he said feel the sting he said here's what we're going to do you've got some good basic skill set here you've got some some good skills in the courtroom uh, you've got some things to work through i want you to fill the sting for a while on friday come to my office Bring your file, uh, bring your notes from this case. We're going to go through this thing, and we are going to learn from this. I'll share wisdom with you, uh, and uh, uh, we will learn from this. We're going to grow from this experience, and I am going to help you. And I said, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. And uh, then he looked at me, and he said, and smiled. Welcome to the courtroom. Uh, a shaping experience. He could have walked away and said, "Oh, this guy's terrible in court. Uh, I'm I'm giving up on him. You know, ne- next man up, right? Or we'll give him the weak cases and the whatever." Instead, he because he didn't just view himself as a technician, as a lawyer. There was, he viewed himself and defined himself as a a person with leadership responsibilities that included me, one of his teammates. He was going to do that leadership thing. His best and highest role was to make me better, to help me to get back on the horse and to learn from this experience to build my confidence the right way, to get me back in that courtroom and, and help me to develop. And it made all the difference. Uh, it was a, it was a, a really a, a powerful experience early in my career. And I think after that point, I developed some confidence and competence in court, uh, never, never made those mistakes again. Yep. And, uh, and I also led in that same way. I led in that same way, serving my Marines in the direction of mission, making them, helping them to be better, helping them to learn from their experiences. So that that's was powerful.
0: such a powerful example. And the thing is, what it really points out is that also uh, authentic leadership takes time. Yes. You need to Excellent. invest time into Excellent. these relationships and get to know the, them as people too, not just as what they can do for you but who are they what motivates them and then i'm guessing after that you would have walked through fire for them i mean someone like that yeah
1: (laughs) yeah those are some of the things that happen and and these you know even the small things uh matter to people matter to us as human beings we are we are social uh Uh, Creatures, if you will, us people. Uh, And we, yeah, when someone is willing to, uh, to give, invest their time and energy in you, you're absolutely right The the what comes back and from your perspective, exactly ready to to run through a wall uh for them you're you're building that mutual trust you're holding one another accountable listen he didn't say oh i thought you did a great job or you're really good on your feet and just ignore the 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 stuff you need to work on let's get down you know we we dealt with uh, hey you didn't get this piece of evidence uh into, uh, uh, you had problems with this. You, so it, there was accountability, but it was from a place of a, a, a servant. And you're absolutely right. Relationship was stronger. My confidence built, uh, my competence, uh, developed and all of the things. And it was just, it was an elevating experience that could have been absolutely, you know, your first time out, you know, if you fall off the bike. And you don't get back on it, you you might never get on the bike again. And uh, instead, I, I
0: love trying cases, love being in the courtroom. So thanks. Yeah, again. it makes a big difference. And and that's the thing is, especially in today's rushed world, so much going on. The one resource that people are limited on is time. But if you you have to make that time carve it out to work with your team to learn. who they are, what they're about. And then this way, I think it's one of the first things you mentioned in the book is, you know, people have to give you permission to lead them. Right. If you're going to do it authentically, and there's no better way to earn it than putting your time in and building those relationships.
1: Perfect point must be earned. You know, when I think about the idea of efficiency and leadership, uh, it's, it's an inefficient, if you want to look at it from a management perspective, uh, it's an inefficient thing building a relationship, building an authentic relationship with another human being. Uh, There's sort of now we have all of these technologies, and, and so you have this sort of approach of high tech. Can you lead in the Zoom uh, world? Uh, the answer is yes. Can you lead remote teams? Yes. But it's high tech and high touch. You still have to invest that time and energy. And people need to see you genuinely concerned and and involved in, in what is going on and in their uh, lives. And, and being human and being less than a perfect uh, uh uh, specimen of whatever it is, whether it's a profession or or whatever, it's not about you being perfect. It's about you serving your teammates. So yeah, there's this. Uh, it's every bit takes all of the energy and and effort. Uh, it is inefficient, if you will. Uh, so so considerations of efficiency and leadership are kind of uh, on on opposite ends of the spectrum. We do have limited time, and but boy, if you're not If you're not spending a great deal of time and focus and thought on what my what your teammates need or at home, what your spouse needs or your significant other or your your children uh, or in the community, what my uh, what my my neighbors and and community folks uh, uh, need, how can I serve them? Uh, then, then you're not leading. Uh, you are doing. You're just kind of coexisting, and that's when there are problems.
0: And, and you know, you you say it's inefficient, but I think it's just inefficient in the beginning. I think
1: nice point
0: you put in the time in the beginning, and then later on, I think you probably will get more of a payback than if you didn't.
1: Excellent. Great point. Important point. You're absolutely right. After that after that sort of we did that you know out of the courtroom went by went by the major's office and we we really spent a lot of time kind of working through this I was uh, even more motivated I was more uh, capable and I worked in a different way shared a lot of wisdom with me and uh, a lot of the kind of uh, his sort of process and perspective on trying cases with me, I was, you're absolutely right. I was empowered. Hate to use that phrase because everybody does, but literally I was, had been trusted. I, I had a, a, a sense of I was more capable and then I could run, you know, started running. Right. And that's, that's right. He had to do less and less of that. Mm-hmm. I'm more and more capable. I'm a better teammate, a more capable lawyer. And uh, uh, that's what happens in our lives. You're absolutely right. Put in the work as a leader, serve and support. You know, I just retired after 22 years in, in corporate America. Uh, I have a core group, had a core group of, of uh, teammates around me that were had been with me that the entire 22 years. They are so good now. They are so capable. They are so mature in their thinking. They are so expert in their approach. Uh, they have been listening and, and watching and learning and, and growing all along. My job by the end, I had done what sort of what Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching sort of talked about. Rather than me, you know, engaging at a high level and really, uh, I had. Come to a point where they really didn't need me at the end. they were so ready, they were so capable they were they were operating at such a high level i was uh, I was unnecessary to to their ability to accomplish what they needed to accomplish uh, so that we could move towards mission and uh, you sort of you know i th- I think in one way a, a leader's ultimate uh opportunity or goal is to make themselves unnecessary right as leader mm-hmm. i could still be a good teammate i was always the lawyer general counsel so i had i could add my my uh uh be a good teammate from that perspective but as far as leading them it was just
0: joyful yeah. i think that's a that's a great way to wrap up the conversation on leadership is making Serving them so well that you become unnecessary. So, so we talked a lot about le- what leadership is. Talk a, let's talk a little bit. We'll wrap it up with a little bit about what leadership is not. You bet. <laughs>
1: so, that, that's a great point. And, and I think, you know, I think people, I think what happens in the world I, I've observed is that there's a fear of, of leading. There is a, somehow it seems safer to try to manage people uh, along through uh, just you know through kpis and and goals and you know here's our strategic uh, approach and 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 we'll we'll measure you and every year you'll get an annual review and we'll we'll document all of these things and we'll try to just drive behavior as i said i i think you get a lot of mirror compliance in trying to manage your way there i think that's what happens a lot uh is the either the avoidance of leading and instead trying to fill that gap with management principles um rather than engaging as a servant leader, serving your team in the direction of of mission. So I don't know if there are sort of personal fears, uh, but usually you can, when you see a top down, uh, very, uh, very uh, org chart driven kind of approach where, uh, people, well, that's not my direct report. So you need to talk to that person, and and uh, you know I will hold them accountable in in appropriate ways and those kinds of things. All of the all of the direction flows from on high. Mm-hmm. All of the initiatives we will only make the following initiatives as directed, uh, where the. Information is often hoarded and uh, at the top. Uh, I'll tell you, you don't need to know that. I'm not go- going to share that with you. The, uh, where relationships are, are not built among human beings, um, where the, the individual leader is at the center of the relationship, and instead of the model uh, that we've talked about, you've got this, this top-down structure where humility is not present uh Where people are not uh, respected, uh, where what you gain as an organization is not shared, what you accomplish, where the light is uh, directed on on title leaders and not on the people that are doing the work. Uh, you get a lot of really uh, dysfunction and uh, a culture that is is built on something, um, other than uh, then serving one another in the direction of mission that you are going to operate as a team or as an organization at a far lower level than what you could be uh, in the the model that we think is really authentic um, but you know the, the problem so what's the problem why does that exist maybe more often than not i think the tide is about is sort of turning. Uh, I think people understand that there's a there's a, a better way to do this and a higher road. And there there uh, the toleration for those kinds of uh, autocratic sort of leadership models and and cultures, people are not tolerating that uh, in the same way they used to. Culture matters in the quality of our lives and in the kind of work we can bring uh, to the table. Um, and people are, they're gonna go to that team or that organization that that is uh, serving uh, their people in the direction of a, of a shared mission. The, it, is, it is my humble opinion that the top down model uh, will become a thing of the past. Now, listen, that doesn't mean you don't have to have clarity right? Clarity of mission. Uh, there, is ac- there is accountability. There's got to be all of those things, but it's the way you get there. And I think that the teams of the future and the organizations that sur- not just survive, but succeed and compete are going to be those that are, are peopled with, that are full of servant leaders uh, capable of bringing out the best of the people around them, their teammates in, in that uh, direction of a shared mission. I think families that succeed, uh, communities that thrive in the midst of change, companies that do it well, they, there has got to be a, a change into the authentic leader model, us leading as servants in the direction of a shared mission. Uh, and people are not going to uh, stay long at. So it's becoming a, a really uh, a, a very critical issue, I think, uh, at least in our, our society. Uh, so we, we really need to get on mission, you know to use the phrase uh, uh, about the way we create leaders, clarify what leadership is, and separate management from, Managing things, processes, inanimate objects to leading human beings. Uh, if we can do that, and again, you often have both responsibilities, mm-hmm. right? Responsibility to manage, but the opportunity to lead people, if we can get get to that rather than the top down org chart, hey, I don't have any direct reports, I, I can't lead Uh, so I'm just going to be a good individual uh, contributor. Uh, Well, guess what? There's more you can do, and you do have leadership responsibilities. You just are not recognizing them. The minute the hole that is created, when we fail to recognize and step up to our leadership responsibility in our life, cannot be filled by another human being in the same way you could fill it in your life, your relationships, your family, your team, the people you interact with. No one can step into that place the way you can step into that place. No one can lead from where you are in these relationships with vendors, with you know, all of the people that you engage with, for example, Joe. Uh, so every one of us, we have to recognize the leadership opportunity. And then we have to step in and say, listen, I am going to lead uh, as a servant from this place. uh, What is my best and highest role so that we can accomplish the mission? Uh, If you don't do that, you leave a a hole, a black hole that no one else can fill. And we are all less because of it.
0: Great. Uh, Awesome stuff. I think a lot of more companies put that to work there's going to be a lot more uh, effective companies and a lot more happy and empower- well, empowered Well, empowered. you said, you don't <laughs> like to yeah. use that uh, word, but it, it's true. You know, you'll have a, a much more fired up workforce too. So, cool. so thank you so much. This has been thank awesome. You, I look thank forward you. to doing the next one and how can everybody find you? Uh, what is your uh, website? Yes, uh, so
1: our website is up, still in, in its infancy, but www.onmissionleaders.com. So onmissionleaders.com, all one uh, one long word, um, and uh, uh, you'll be hearing more from us as we as we go forward. LinkedIn is also a good way to reach myself uh, and John Buford, and uh, we're we're looking forward to this journey. And we'll talk more about the journey, I think, in uh, the next.
0: Uh, Yep. We'll be uh, doing three more of these. We're going to cover a lot of ground on each. So, again, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it, Joe. You're a good man. Thank you.